This is a show for missionary disciples who worship Christ in the Eucharist and serve him in their neighbor, for whom the words of the creed reverberate through their daily activity. This is a show for all those like you and me who make the conscious choice to follow Christ outside the walls. Well, how are you hanging in there? We are, what is this, week 3,000 of quarantine? It just kind of goes on and on without end. Uh, it gives new meaning to the, the glory of Patri, right? Glory be to the Father and to the Son of the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end, amen. And man, do we feel that these days. That kind of resonates in a new and different way. As we experience a little bit of, as it was yesterday, is now, and apparently will be forever, <laughs> world without end. Uh, and And yet... Even if we were to take that humorous perspective, this prayer still has something really powerful to to relate to us today. And that's this. Even in the midst of our drudgery, God is still worthy of being given great glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. And so, you know, for a couple of things. One, you have to have a sense of humor these days. You can't let that go away. You can't allow yourself to become so frazzled and overwhelmed that you can't find little things to be joyful about. I encourage you, look, look for the joy in, uh, in, the, tr- in the pure absurdity of what we're going through right now. Uh, and, and knowing that God is present with us in the midst of this absurdity. He's not standing over in the corner tapping his foot and waiting for us to get our act together. No, he is right in the thick of it with us. He has not left us abandoned. He is still Emmanuel, God with us. And, and it's, uh, you know, this is the opportunity for us to turn in prayer uh, and maybe not even a formal prayer, just sometimes throwing up the prayer, uh, uh, God, I need your help today. Shortly after the quarantine began, I started praying the Liturgy of the Hours morning prayer and Compline every day on live stream. You can find those over on, uh, on social media, facebook.com slash step outside the walls forward slash live there. You can find the archives of the, those Facebook live videos that I do every morning at 8 a.m. Central and 11 p.m. Central with morning prayer and Compline. And one of the things that has really stood out to me is that each of the hours, save one, uh, each of the hours we start off our prayer saying, Oh God, come to my assistance. Oh Lord, make haste to help me. And at the end of every psalm, we say, Glory to the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. So we have this sandwiching of recognizing our own need for the presence of God and also recognizing God's glory in the midst of our need. Another prayer I find myself praying very on a very regular basis is this little snippet from the, the Gloria from Sunday where you get that moment of exasperation and you just say, Lord Jesus Christ. And and I have taken, I, I don't even know when this started, but I've taken uh, over the last uh, several months at least, following that up with Lord Jesus Christ, only begotten Son of God, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, have mercy on us. Right, Just taking that, 
that one moment of frustration and turning it into an outburst of praise for who Christ is. And these these prayers are short prayers. They're, they're things that we can just kind of insert into that that brief moment, right? Lord, I need you right here. I, I don't have the time to pray a big, long prayer. I don't have the time to figure out which is the right prayer to pray. I just need you to be with me in the midst of my frustration, in the midst of this monotony, in the midst of this uncertainty, as I don't know how things are going to unfold. Please, Lord Jesus Christ, be with me. And just to rest in the fact and the knowledge that he is with us, he has not left us abandoned, we have the Holy Spirit that's been placed within us at baptism and through the sacrament of confirmation. We know that God is with us, even if we don't quite perceive it. And so those little prayers are, are a great way to just kind of prime the pump to remember that God is present with us. I've watched a couple of trends happen in the midst of this quarantine from those who are sequestered at home, uh, those people who either have been laid off or furloughed or have been relegated to um, to working from home uh, and unable to really get out a whole lot. Uh, as I watch social media and watch the, this crowd of people, there's kind of two subsets. You have the subset that is trying every possible new thing that they can get their hands on, Right. Uh, they're, all of the live streaming of the Metropolitan Opera, and they're taking master classes here and there, and everybody's baking bread now. That's the thing. Everybody's baking different kinds of bread. There's a flour shortage because uh, nobody else has anything else to do. And uh, so bread is apparently the, the new gold standard. And, and then you have those who you see the memes um, uh, one of my favorites is for all of those of you who are quarantining in jeans, what are you trying to prove? <laughs> I saw someone on social media say, I, I've put on actual pants for the first time in, uh, in three weeks. It's been sweats up until now. Uh, and you know, there's, uh, and I'm not, I'm not getting down on this at all. I'm not uh, trying to put anyone down. Uh, you've got the two different camps of some people who say, you know what, my life is so overworked that um, that now that I have a moment of freedom, I'm just going to sit back and do nothing. And then you have those people who say, my life is so free from all of my extra obligations now that I need to find other obligations to fill it uh, and to, to see what all I can learn. Well, just as much as we see that in the physical realm, those two attitudes are also present in the spiritual realm. Uh, as some people are trying new practices, they're uh, learning Lexio Divina or doing the Liturgy of the Hours or uh, going on deformed.org and taking advantage of the, the fact that there are free memberships right now or going on to the Magnificat online edition, which is all free right now, uh, and taking the time to learn new ways to engage with their faith. There's also some classes from the McGrath Institute for uh, of Church Life, I think, that are going on right now. Uh, there's a, a marriage enrichment seminar that we're going to be talking about today on the show uh, that um, that's available for the next five nights uh, for anyone for free to come and really enrich your faith. Uh, and specifically in this marriage enrichment one, to enrich your faith as a married couple. Uh, and then there are people who are saying, you know what? I am so exhausted from, uh, from 
normal life and I'm just going to take this quarantine and I'm going to sit back and I'm not going to do anything. Uh, I'm going to have a glass of wine. I'm going to watch Netflix and this is going to be my reality. Now, there's nothing inherently wrong with that, but I do want to encourage you to take these moments to engage in prayer, to engage in some spiritual practice, because if we are alone in this, if we are left to our own devices, this monotony will lead us to frustration. It will lead us to really just being overwhelmed, and that will take us in in turn to being really snippy with one another, uh, to getting on edge, to being annoyed with one another. And this can do some pretty significant lasting damage to relationships as we begin to take one another for granted and then look only to our own desires and say, you know what, I'm tired of this. Uh, And we might go off or have just a a little bit of um, shortness with our spouse. And uh, it doesn't have to be that way. Because we're not in this alone. We do have the presence of Christ with us. And as we bring Christ into our day, even into our monotony, we can have hope and courage and discernment and strength to face the things that are before us. There is something about starting our day, acknowledging the presence of God and saying, God, I I know that you're here and I want to invite you to be a part of my my day moving forward. Just the act of acknowledging God's presence that puts us in a mindset where we are more prone to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, to perceive the nudges of direction that we receive from God throughout the day. And that in turn helps us in the way that we interact with one another. Uh, I know how easy it is for people who know one another very well to find just the right button to push uh, to, to make everything kind of unravel. I know how easy it is to move to that place, but I also know that when Christ is present in our midst, a lot of those buttons get diffused. A lot of our uh, quick snap judgments, the Holy Spirit comes and gives us discernment and gives us some insight that we wouldn't otherwise have. And so I want to encourage you, find whatever that prayer practice is that works for you, even if it's just waking up and saying, good morning, Lord, come and be with me today. Even if it's something just that small, God will do it. Uh, These little prayers that we don't expect God to answer, he most certainly does answer. Uh, Take the time to read uh, the the readings for the day. Go to usccb.org and click on the day, and there you'll have about five to 10 minutes worth of scripture reading, reading from um, the Old Testament or an epistle, uh, reading from the Psalms and a reading from the Gospels. And I find that when I do that, those verses come back all throughout the day and they remind me of God's presence. They remind me, they, they put context to the things that I'll encounter that day. And it's amazing how many times uh, just that simple act of reading five to 10 minutes of scripture in the morning can really impact and affect the whole day. Well, speaking of the whole day and those relationships that you are faced with uh, and locked in a house with, um, I know that that things can get a little tense. And so I want to help you out. There is a five night marriage renewal date night series 
uh, that's being put on by witnesstolove.org. Uh, it's a great marriage preparation program, but now they've got some other materials as well, that specifically that they have been created for this quarantine. Uh, and this retreat is put on by some fantastic people. Uh, you've got the Marriage and Family Life Directors from Portland, Oregon, and New Orleans, Louisiana, Lansing, Michigan, uh, Tyler, Texas, and Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, as uh, they come and bring some hope and maybe some levity and some joy into your week. Today, we're talking to one of the presenters. David Dawson is the Director of Marriage and Family Life for the Archdiocese of New Orleans, Louisiana. We've had him on the show before. David, thank you for being with us again. Oh, man, thanks for having me. It's an honor. Good to talk to you again. So right now, a lot of people are feeling um, the stress of, yeah. of being all of a sudden right back uh, 24 hours a day with their spouse. And they mm-hmm. no longer have the benefit of going off to work. Not only that, but there's now all the stresses of the kids are there with them and they've got to figure out how to uh, not only help them with their homework, but like help them with their homework. Exactly. Uh, what, what we've seen is that while, yes, the virus is being slowed because we're mm-hmm. all at home, there have been a, a huge increase in the incidences of domestic violence. Yes. And and along along with that, for people who don't have a struggle with domestic violence, or rather they don't struggle with um, the, uh, the outward expressions of their frustrations, and I think <laughs> right. that it's a barometer to the fact that everybody's frustrations are getting elevated right now. Yes, that's right. That's right. And so you're helping with um, something done by Witness to Love, which is this yes. fantastic marriage preparation program, mm-hmm. um, which looks like, and maybe they've always done this, I wasn't aware of it. They're digging into marriage enrichment a little bit by bringing together yes. some of the foremost folks, I think, some of my favorite people from back when I was doing marriage and family life, the people that I considered my, uh, my inner circle, the people I like to talk to and tap on the shoulders and say, hey, how are you doing this? Um, you're all getting together. And yeah. putting on a marriage retreat for the rest of us, making it easy as possible, free of charge. Talk a little bit about how this came to be and how your involvement started. Sure. Yeah. So, so Mary Rose and Ryan Verrett with Witness to Love, uh, actually we're in conversation with Julia Dazelski, who works with the USCCB and their uh, committee on uh, you know marriage and family, youth and laity and such. And Ryan and Mary Rose had been working on uh, breaking into the marriage enrichment They've got obviously a ton of stuff to share and they've got a very large audience now of people who have gone through the witness to love program um, and have loved it and now have mental relationships with mentor couples that have, that have been enriched and are now moving, you know, beyond the wedding and into the first few years of their marriage. And so the desire was to put something solid together, especially for couples in the first, you know, five to 10 years of marriage. Although obviously it applies to everybody, but um, that was where the motivation came from was that, we got a lot of folks who are now in their houses by themselves and the stuff that makes the first five years of marriage difficult, you know, they tend to kind of be slowed. You know, the pace of the maturation of the relationship is slowed by the fact that you go to work every day, right? you know, or, you, you know, you at least get out of the house. Uh, whereas now the things that make it difficult, the things that, you know, for instance, the marathon training just got shortened, <laughs> not less intense, but less, you know, way, way shortened, you know? Because uh, we're not escaping each other, so all the difficulties and the differences and the the uh, the shortcomings, the walls that we build, you know, to try to protect ourselves from each other, those are going up faster. We're trying to fight harder to keep each other, you know, from from hurting us, you know, from from being hurt by the other person, and uh, 
it's it's the, the domestic violence thing i think is just a yeah it's an outward sign like you were saying of a lot of times what is an inward just deep frustration uh, a lot of deep pain and feelings of rejection feelings of being alone in a house where i'm supposed to be with somebody that you know gives me a sense of companionship and the the one person that's supposed to solve my loneliness problem is the one person that doesn't understand me and you know is uh is is doing things that seem to go against everything that I need and want, et cetera. So yeah, it's a tough time, but at the same time, I think if, and the, the, the focus of this was helping people to get access to the fact that God is present and he really does real stuff, you know? <laughs> so he could be a part of this and, and wouldn't that be nice? And, and that could possibly make a difference, you know? Well, and to talk about, you know, the graces of the sacrament are a real thing yeah. and marriage yeah. is a sacrament in that, we who are baptized, who have entered into this covenantal relationship, have now been given extra graces uh, for the purpose of riding out the storms, right? Yes, it, yes. It's not that, oh, all of a sudden marriage is easy and you won't have storms. Um, right. Marriage is two people trying to become one and you're going to knock off some rough edges. Absolutely. But we have the graces of the sacrament. Uh, mm-hmm. thanks be to God to say, okay, yeah. in the midst of this, I can turn and I can look for my lifeline. And that lifeline is both the person who I don't expect it to be, both my spouse, right. uh, who, who God is providing me the graces through. And God is present here in this marriage. Yeah. And that's, that's a tough, that's a tough reality. I mean, it, we all, I, mean, I think intellectually, we would all say, of course, God wants us together. God is, you know, present in my home and God answers prayer and he's, he's, he's real and he does real things. But I think that's a lot of that is an intellectual ascent. Mm-hmm. And for most of us, it's extremely difficult to understand how God could actually be present in my home. Right. We're a mess, man. You know, and, and we're constantly being drawn to the messy dirtiness of reality and, and fleshliness. And that's not where God is, you know? Mm-hmm. And so there's a sense in which it, this is where the rubber meets the road when it comes to faith and we're just not used to dealing with that. Most of us, um, especially us Catholics, I think, but you know, really anybody, but, uh, at the same time though, this is where I think you'll have the great opportunity. If I can experience God in this mess, this unescapable mess. And if God can function here, man, if I can, if I can experience that, then I'm going to know that he can function anywhere. Right. And I can take that with me. And that, I mean, really, I think this is an opportunity to really deeply understand what God's all about and what he is actually capable of doing. I know there was a, there was a priest uh, speaking of the graces of the sacrament and he was saying, you know, talking about the graces of the sacrament of holy orders and comparing them to marriage. And he was saying how, you know, with holy orders, he feels like one of the graces is going from like a funeral of a suicide to a birthday party of a two-year-old to a, you know, a wedding and then being able to jump from one to another and be present and be the presence of God in those, in those things. Whereas with, with married couples, uh, the grace is more of a being able to get up after a fall being able to handle our own weaknesses and the weaknesses of the others and continue to stand up and keep going the grace to forgive, right? The grace to be able to say, yes, this is real. You have hurt. You are imperfect. You've caused pain and I'm still going to choose to love. Uh, And the grace ultimately, which is both of those things, the grace to be able to love with the actual heart of Christ and not be limited to our own ability uh, to be patient, to, to endure, um, to, to give of our, ourselves when it seems ridiculous to do so, you know, mm-hmm. um, that those graces are there. And it's, I think what we're, what we're hopefully uh, looking to do and introduce in this idea is that God has not left us to figure this thing out on our own. Yeah. You know? And, and we're, 
you know, I think this is one of the beautiful things I've seen happen all throughout this uh, this crisis, this pandemic, is watching the church maybe figure out a little bit more clearly what does it mean for us that we believe in the communion of the saints? Mm, what does yeah. it mean that we're connected to other people in our parish when I don't get to see them every week, when I don't right. have those conversations with them face to face because we both go to mass? And so right. I've seen the church really step up, both at the institutional church, but also the the members of the church say, you know what, I'm going to take this seriously, and uh, I'm an extrovert, and I'm dying alone in my home, so i got to go and talk with somebody however I can, right. whether that be through online interactions or the telephone or, or whatnot. I've loved mm. seeing the, the various um, solutions to the problem of our isolation, and I, I love that that witness to love is putting on this, uh, this event, this event in quotes, um, with some fantastic speakers, uh, you and your wife, Kate being one of the the five couples that are coming Mm -hmm. on. Each of these couples are marriage and family life directors in their various respective dioceses and archdioceses. Um, tell us how do, how do we sign up? Where do we go? How do we get this done? So if you go to the witness to love website, uh, it's just witness to love.org. Um, they've got, it's called be light. Right. And you're going to see, you know, big banners and that kind of thing. So the easiest thing is just to go to witness click on the be light banners and it'll take you through the registration process. It's very easy, obviously, because it's free. You know. we're, we're talking today with Dave Dawson. David Dawson is the art, the director of marriage and family life for the Archdiocese of New Orleans, Louisiana. Um, I want to talk a little bit about, maybe we'll start with what is your topic? Just kind of yeah. thousand foot view. What's your topic for uh, the talk, and if you have kind of a semblance of the direction the whole course is taking, what should we expect from this online opp- opportunity? Yeah, so like I said, it's it's the focus is on uh, for those who are you know in the first five years of marriage, or so uh, not super engaged. Now you say that, but like, so what we're dealing with is a very real kind of boots on the ground uh, presentation of how does this stuff work? You know, what does it mean for God to be a part of this really? Um, and I think that's obviously valuable to all of us, but so they've broken it up and I'm, I'm not sure where they got this, these, these stages. Uh, I'm sure it's one of those super, you know, awesome hip Catholic evangelization <laughs> processes. I don't know, but uh, it's, they, they, it's the first is belonging, mm-hmm. then believing, then becoming, then beatitude, then be light. And so belonging has to do with uh, being connected, right? That this isn't something, anything having to do with God is not ever it's something that's going to happen in a bubble. Right, that are belonging and connected with our spouses, our families, our our communities, like you were saying, um, is necessary. Like those are the things that we have to be working on in order for this stuff to be working at all. Like this isn't going to happen in my little holy bubble. Um, believing is what what Kate and I are working on. So the second stage of believing is, so I've got the sense of belonging, working on connection, working on the fact that this isn't happening just by ourselves. But believing is so then okay, maybe intellectually I assent to the fact that God is real, but what does it really mean? You know, what does he do? Does he actually understand us? Does he actually know what we're dealing with? Can he do anything about it? Does he want to do anything about it? Uh, if he does, what does that look like? Uh, what, you know, does he actually hear prayer? Um, what does is, what is prayer even feel like look like? So believing, I think, is something that a lot of times we, we tend to skip that step and assume that, we, yeah, we, we believe. But truth of the matter is, that's a tough one, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so believing is that second step. And that's what Kate and I are kind of breaking down, uh, telling us some stories from our own marriage and where we struggled with believing that God had our best interest in mind. And, you know, is it something, does he really hear us? Does he really know us? Or is it just kind of, we're throwing stuff over a wall and he every now and then throws something back, maybe, you know, 
uh, or maybe we make it up. I don't know. Right. You maybe, know. maybe it's something comes back that's that's luck, and I look at it and go, "Oh, that that I have to find meaning in that exactly. thing. Exactly. That, that was it." Like the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown, right? <laughs> That's right. It's funny because we say the exact thing. It's like we we. What usually happens is we give God credit for all the good stuff that has happened in the past <laughs> when we're talking about Him. The truth is, is because this we feel like we're supposed to do, but we're not really sure if it's Him doing stuff or not. Mm-hmm. We just kind of hope that the wheel spins and, and and falls right. And if there is a God and He's behind it, great. We'll see if we can tap into that. But we're not <laughs> we're not really sure, you know. <laughs> So really kind of breaking that open is what we try to do. Um, yeah. So that's the second step. Then be- be- becoming is that this believing process be- begins to kind of change us and helps us to, you know, understand that forgiving and, and, and healing that we need to receive uh, as a result of our disconnect from God and from each other. And, uh, so it changes who we are, right? Mm-hmm. Mostly through a healing process. And then beatitude has to do with kind of the, the, the therefore moral decision-making you know, uh, discernment processing. What does it mean as far as our decisions and the, and the behaviors that we choose, that how we, we, we choose to live our lives as a family? And then be light once that begins to kind of, so it's a process, right? Once that right. maturation process begins, then that we kind of, the next step is to be able to share that that process with other people and help them to know they're really, God is real. He does real things. Here's what it looks like and feels like. Well, I love this last stage specifically because it, it reminds us that even in our marriages, we think of, uh, that our marriages are for us, right? Yeah, I, I got right, married, right. I got married for my kids, I got married for my immediate family and for my grandkids and whoever else comes from that. But yeah. to, to realize that as the baptized, uh, as people who have been confirmed and received the gifts of the Holy Spirit, now we actually are married for the benefit of others. Just like a priest yes. takes his vows for the benefit of others, so too we as a married couple um we have to be right with one another, right? We've got to be able to be vulnerable with one another and to be able to communicate and to, to share ourselves with one another. But once we get there, um, that's also for the purpose of enriching the world and helping bring about that, that prayer that we pray every Sunday and probably more often if you pray other devotional prayers yourself, thy yeah. kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Right. That, that's our responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's, it's, you know, it's so funny. It's so beautiful when you say it like that, you know, and it's so beautiful when you say that marriage is a, a, a pathway to heaven. It's a, it's a, a way to holiness and it's a, you know, driving the minivan and changing the diapers is, is a path to holiness. But man, it doesn't feel that way. Well, you know, you know the, what I'm saying? Like, you know, the way that, that it's a pathway to holiness is that you get the hell beat out of you, right? <laughs> there's, there's nothing, there's nothing left That's except right. the holiness if you survive it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's right. I guess, you, you know, you just, you hope that that's what's left is the holiness, you know, uh, but no, you're right. And it, it's, it's, it is meant to be. And I think what we can, if we can look back on, and it's funny, you ask people about their faith uh, and where they got it from. And a lot of times, you know, they're going to tell you it was from either their own family or another beautiful family that they saw. This was real. Yeah. Yeah, this is real. We're talking today with David Dawson. He is the Director of Marriage and Family Life for the Archdiocese of New Orleans, Louisiana. We're talking about the Be and Light Marriage Enrichment Free Retreat that you can take. Go to witnesstolove.org. Sign up for that today. You'll be there with me. Come be a part of the ongoing conversation on social media, facebook.com slash step outside the walls. On Twitter, the handle's at outside the walls. There's much more to this conversation with David Dawson right after this, so don't go anywhere. You're listening to Outside the Walls with TL.
Welcome back to Outside the Walls, where we explore the implications of our belief on our daily life. I'm your host, TL, and today we're talking about sweet escape. I know that that's what you're thinking of, uh, because we're all in quarantine, and sometimes you wake up in the morning and you're like, oh, it's Groundhog Day. Uh, Didn't we just do this yesterday? Uh, And if you've watched that movie, which I'm not necessarily endorsing, but uh, that kind of monotony can build some uh, some anxiety, some stress. And we don't always, as the, the movie uh, talks about, as it illustrates for us, we don't always handle that, that anxiety well. Uh, perhaps you've had a couple of more fights than you would have expected with your, your beloved, your other, your, uh, your spouse. And um, you're thinking, you know, this is not who I want to be long term. I am. This quarantine is serving as a um, a mirror and a magnifying glass, really pointing out to us the places where our marriage is um, maybe our communication is not as good as it should be. Maybe our trust of our spouse is not as strong as it should be. Maybe we uh, feel like we're coping using coping mechanisms with our spouse instead of really coming together in the midst of this difficulty, uh, you're not alone. This is really a common experience. And, uh, and the folks over at witness to love.org have put together this wonderful, exceptional free. And that's of course the key word for all of us, as many people are uh, not making money in the middle of this uh, pandemic and the, the quarantine. Um, there is this free marriage enrichment retreat with some fantastic speakers. Uh, we've been talking about that in the last segment. We're going to continue talking about it here. We've got one of the speakers here. David Dawson is the, um, the marriage and family life director for the Archdiocese of New Orleans, Louisiana. He and his wife, Kate, have seven kids with the eighth on the way. Dave, thank you again for being with us. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. So we, are, um, we were talking about how this retreat takes us from a place of recognizing what we really believe coming mm-hmm. to why we really believe it and ending up taking us to how do we live that out and manifest that within our own homes and beyond. Right. And I think one of the things that this quarantine has really pointed out to us is that we are not as well established and connected into community as we thought we were. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, no, I think, I think, what happens is with like most things, if, if something's spoon fed to us, we're not super intentional about it. We're not, uh, we tend to take it for granted and not really do what it takes to, to, to build something sustainable. Um, and I think community for the most part, for most of us tends to be spoon fed. Um, we tend to hang out or, or at least, you know, spend our time connecting with those people that we're thrown together with either at work or, you know, with, with our kids sports, right. Our, uh, Maybe our neighbors. I know for me, you know, being somewhat of an introvert, um, I tend to want to kind of hole up in a cave when I'm home from work or whatever. But my wife is extrovert to the max, which is why I have conversations with my neighbors, because otherwise I probably wouldn't. (laughs) Not because I don't. I mean, I'm wrong in that regard. I should have conversations with my neighbors and I'll tell other people, you should all get to know your neighbors. And yet (laughs) I struggle with that. So thank God for my wife. But, you know, I think, yeah, it's it's community aspect. And even, I mean, inside our home too. I mean, I think we get into these, these ruts of this is how we communicate. This is who you are for me. This is who I am for you. And uh, that's how it's going to be. And so now those things are coming into question, right? Is that actually working for you or is it not? Because it's concentrated now. You know? 
But I think that it brings up in into really clear focus the different kinds of friendship that come up mm. in, in philosophy, the four four friendships. Um, and so often our friendships are based on utility or they're based on activity. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I have these interactions and connections with people because we're doing the same thing or because I need something from you. And yes. there's nothing necessarily wrong with either of those kinds of friendships, but we're seeing right now that that is not enough. Yeah. We have to be able to be on a relationship level with someone just because they are. Right. And that's a special kind of friendship. It doesn't, we, you're not going to have a thousand of these, but you need to have some and right. your spouse should be one of them. Absolutely. Yeah. I was going to say that. I think that may be one of the hardest things I know, especially for guys, you know, we tend to let our spouse, uh, carry the heavy load when it comes to the friendship aspect. Um, you know, cause we assume, well, she's probably better at it. And we let her carry the load with a lot of things because she's willing and, and comes kind of naturally. And so we, as guys tend to be project minded. And when it comes to projects, we're focused on getting the thing done. When it comes to pleasure, we're focused on, you know, diving in and not having to worry as much, you know, as little as possible, you know? And so I think our wives end up becoming kind of just a teammate and uh, whatever she's good at, we're just going to let her do it. Yep. And um, connecting is not necessarily one of those things that uh, that's on the priority list a lot of times. Um, and if we're going to connect, it's going to be because she wants to. And OK, that's fine. You know, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think you're right. It's, it's whatever happens naturally. But I think that is the kind of thing that now that we don't have a whole lot going on, we don't have activities, but we don't have projects as much uh, unless we're making them up, which a lot of them require money, which mm-hmm. a lot of us don't have. Uh, and I think now we're having to face the fact that like, there's got to be more to it than just being teammates. Being teammates is not going to work because yeah. we're different, you know, and we have different needs. Um, so, yeah, I think a lot of times what that can lead to is uh, we're seeing we're seeing signs of difficulty now that we didn't see before. Because maybe this quarantine is, is revealing. So this is an opportunity to either uh, see these as a problem and a potential for maybe this isn't supposed to work out. Maybe this is, you know, both doesn't bode well for the future or we could see this. All right, we got an opportunity here, right? Mm-hmm. These are signs, uh, opportunities to to dig in um, and really like recognize it. I'm in this for the long haul. I'm not going anywhere. Right. So why don't we? Why don't we? Why don't we? These walls are coming up. Let's go at them. Let's get them out of here. You know, like that's exciting. Yeah. If if I see it that way, you know, let, like I see these walls. They're coming up. They're coming to the surface. Let's deal with this, man. Yeah. Let's get this. Let's get. Let's get together. So I think that. Uh, there are a few couples that I know and you see some of these celebrity couples, I guess maybe they're trying to look good on TV or whatever, but they're starting to say kind of the same thing and trying to give people hope. Everybody wants to give people hope. And it's funny how we recognize that's, that's where it is. You know, we're going to stick it out. We're going to fight this, but it's really only one thing we can, one, one choice or the other, right? Either we see this as a sign of doom and gloom, or we see this as an opportunity. So one of the things that you mentioned in the break is this wonderful retreat, which you can sign up for for free over at witness to love.org. Uh, yes, you do it as a couple, but you don't only do it as a couple. There is some community, there's some, some aids to help you connect with other people, uh, so that you recognize, yeah, we're together, but we're also together within the community. Yes, that's right. It's one of those things that as, as a, as an individual, we can't make a sense of life by ourselves. And we said this earlier, but like with our faith, it's not going to happen in a bubble. And with marriage, uh, if we're insulated and isolated as a couple, 
we're not going to figure this thing out. You know, so watching videos of other couples tell their stories is super helpful. But one of the things that Witness to Love has been that, that their, their grounding principle is the fact that we need to be deeply connected with other married couples and be able to really share the journey, not in like a touchy-feely cathartic way, but in a way that's like, because I can't understand, because God made us in such a way that we can't understand our own reality unless we see other people's realities. Right. So marriage, it works that way as well, that I'm not going to be able to really understand my own marriage, how we're you know, operating as husband and wife, what it looks like and feels like for God to be a part of that, unless I really get a sense for how that's operating in somebody else's marriage. And so for this particular retreat, uh, so Witness to Love operates, it's a mentor couple program, particularly enriching uh, pre-existing relationships and taking them beyond the wedding. And this particular um, retreat, they're going to be connecting all the couples that sign up for this and are watching the videos, the focus, uh, so the first, you know, it, you watch the video, watch this couple talk about their marriage, and then they've got some discussion questions, and they're going to be looking to connect everybody who registers with a group of other couples, ideally within their own diocese, to discuss this stuff with uh, online. Like, what, what does it look like? What does it feel like? You know, have, have you dealt with this? Uh, what's going to be difficult about trying to take another step, you know, that kind of thing. And, you know, if you don't have someone like I, I'm way off in Seattle, far away from the dioceses that are part of this. However, uh, if you want to, to have some community and some conversation and you don't have a a central person in your diocese, who who are those one or two couples in your parish that you kind of look to and say, you know, I'd like to get them to know them better, but I just, our schedules have never lined up. It's never been the right time. Hey, send them the link to this. Y'all do it together. And then, then you'll have that community. And when you've, when you're finished with the the retreat and we're finished with the quarantine, you will have started a relationship with someone who you already wanted to get to know anyway. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the key. I mean, the witness to love marriage preparation process is very much like, all right, you admire people who are married. You want to know what they got going on. Well, we're going to help you with that, right? How we're do going you to connect with off? those people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, what does this actually feel like? What do you deal with, you know? And and so to connect with those folks on more than just a teach me something level, mm-hmm. but very much like a, let me let me walk this this life with you, you know? And yeah. so that's, this this is very much under that same model. Like, let's, let's not, I mean, I think most of us have probably watched some videos and listened to some talks. Yeah. And that's fantastic. I mean, a lot of us are now exercising more than we ever have. And, you know, a lot of us are in shape, but for what? What are we going to do with that? (laughs) You know, exercise more. We're going to watch. So we're going to watch talks and hear about spiritual realities for what? So that at some point we're going to go be missionaries. You know, I think the key is that we've got to be able to, when we hear talk and we hear new insights and that kind of thing, as human beings, we need to be able to flesh that out with other human beings that ideally are already in our, in our circle. And if not, they're right outside of it. Like you were saying, I think it's a great idea, right? To get some other folks who are like, Hey, look, I want to connect. Would you sign up with me on this? Let's let's do this. Let's do this together. We're talking with David Dawson, who's the director of marriage and family life for the Archdiocese of New Orleans, Louisiana. And uh, so one of the things that um, pops to mind as we're talking about this is my wife and I have this, um, this phrase, this code word that helps us through some things. Mm -hmm. Uh, We, we look at one another when we realize uh, that things are not going like we expect. And we, we look, whoever has the feeling, they look at one another and says, you know what? You're a different person. <laughs> because, you know, sometimes, 
sometimes we just expect, and I know that before we were, before, when I was looking to get married as a younger person, I did have this expectation that I was going to find the person that I was compatible with. And what that meant was that they were going to be just like me, except they were going to be the opposite gender, right? Exactly. And so they were going to like the things I liked. They were going to do the things that I liked. They were going to be kind of a mini me. Uh, Thankfully, thankfully the Holy Spirit through um, some, interactions and some protracted time of not being married showed me that this was not the case that, um, that the person I was going to marry was going to, not only were they going to like things that, um, that I didn't have an interest in, right. And they were going to have their own personality and their own drive, but they were probably going to like some things that I hated. (laughs) Right. Like Disney music. Right. I mean, (laughs) or country music. Right. And, and, you know, I've had to, I've had to kind of say, okay, you know what? You're, it's all right. You're a different person. Right. I'm going to appreciate you for who you are, but wow, that's different. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it's very true. And I think we all follow. Yeah, I, I, I did the same. I was like, she's going to be tall and have, <laughs> she's going to be athletic and, and love all the things that I love. You know, it's like what I'm really looking for is like somebody who also grew up in my family, which is illegal. <laughs> <Right>? So <laughs> so that's not going to work, you know. And so the fact that I'm marrying somebody, even if she seems exactly like me, she grew up in a totally different family. She has her own free will, which, you know, especially once we started having kids, I was like, man, that's that's a problem. This whole free will thing. I'm fine with it, but I don't want anybody else to have it. Right. Yeah, you I know? should yeah. have it. it exactly. should, it's my right. I need it. <laughs> but everyone else should do exactly <laughs> what I say. <laughs> Exactly. Oh, we got new, you know, that wouldn't get to work out for us. We, we, uh, tell these stories. So first of all, when we were, um, in our marriage preparation period, we read, uh, the book by Lesson Leslie Parrott, uh, saving your marriage before it starts. And yeah. they talk about unspoken rules, uh, and unconscious roles. And, and I, you know, I, I finally got to the place where we can say, oh yeah, that, that's something we're past this stage now, but oh yeah, that's an unspoken rule. This in my house, we always did it this way growing up that whole uh, family of origin and expectations yes, thing. Yes, and to yes. this day, my wife folds the towels wrong, right? Yes. <laughs> because does too. because this is not how we folded them in my house. <laughs> and right. so I laugh at it because um, we're filling our children with all kinds of, unspoken rules battles later in life because we right. say to them, no, that's not how we do it here. This is the way you fold the towels. And I'm just looking at them going, well, that's going to be like three years of <laughs> fights and two years of therapy right there. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No, absolutely. Yeah. No, I think, I think it's amazing how God continues to challenge us with the recognition that you're not made for you. Right. You know, I gave you all kind of awesomeness and, and I gave you such a beautiful uniqueness, uh, but it's not for you. Uh, it's going to be for somebody completely other. And, um, I think, yeah, when it comes to, especially our understanding of him, a lot of times it's frustrating in prayer. It's frustrating when we're trying to grow in our spiritual lives because God is so completely other, you know? Right. And so I think that, especially when we're married and especially when we're both trying, at least to some extent to grow in this, uh, that our experience of God is other, our difficulties, our struggles, our openness, our, our selfishness and our, our limitations. And, and they're different levels depending on the day, you know, right. or, or one of us might be more open than the other. And that's extremely frustrating, except for somehow God thought this was a good idea, <laughs> you know, and he's, and he's right. As it turns out that this ultimately is where our happiness lies is losing ourselves completely in mm. the other. And I think when it comes to, I know, I know for us, um, what really blew it wide open for us was the recognition that we need to be coming to him together 
as two completely different people who understand prayer totally differently, who come at the whole God thing from two totally different angles. Um, and it feels like praying together would be ridiculous. Uh, and we're both kind of afraid of it. And we both think it would, would not work out well. But I think what you're going to find if you sign up for this retreat, each couple is going to kind of share a little bit of that yeah. experience of, of the awkwardness and the difficulty of praying together, that that ended up blowing it wide open. Mm-hmm. That was the key to not only growing spiritually, but understanding that this is where my happiness lies is in diving deep into the mystery of another with another, you know, yeah. uh, that the deep mystery thing that we are like so frustrating that I just can't get my mind wrapped it. I can't get control of it but that's what I love about it. You know, mm-hmm. I get to keep, keep diving deeper and deeper in and guess what God wants for me. And he's going to lead me through that process, you know? Yeah. And you know, this isn't the context that Jesus said it in, but it's very true here as well. Um, whoever would save his life, yes. whoever, whoever would save his life must lose it. Right. Mm-hmm. And the one who loses his life for my sake will save it. Right. The one who tries to save everything and just kind of hold on to my way or the highway. That's when everything kind of just goes away, but we find ourselves exactly when we give ourselves away. Uh, We've been talking today with David Dawson. He is the Director of Marriage and Family Life for the Archdiocese of New Orleans, Louisiana. And he's one of the presenters on this Be Light Marriage Enrichment Retreat put on free for you starting tomorrow night, going on for five nights, uh, over at witnesstolove.org. Go there today, sign up for it. It's free. You have no excuse. You can watch it at your leisure. I'm doing it. My wife is doing it with me. I'm not doing it by myself. Uh, and we'd love to have you be a part of that. Join us in that. David, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. And I'm, I'm excited about these couples are awesome. I can't wait to see these videos of these other ones too. Yeah. There's more to my conversation with David available to all those who support the show through Patreon. Go to OutsideTheWalls.com, share this week's episode with your friends while you're there, and then click the link in the top right-hand corner of the page that says Patreon Support the Show. There you can join our wonderful support community, get some extra goodies on the side, Uh, everything from weekly extra segments to a, a beautiful little piece of art that we'd love to send your way. Uh, take a look and see if you might be able to help us keep this show on the air, support the show, and get all kinds of goodies while you're there. Let's go ahead and turn our attention now to our readings from Scripture and Church History. Today our reading from Scripture comes from the book of First Peter, where we hear these words. Beloved, clothe yourselves with humility in your dealings with one another. For God opposes the proud, but bestows favor on the humble. So humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Cast all your worries upon him, because he cares for you. Be sober and vigilant. Your opponent, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, steadfast in faith, knowing that your brothers and sisters throughout the world undergo the same sufferings. The God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory through Christ Jesus, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you after you have suffered a little. To him be dominion forever. Amen. I write you this briefly through Silvanus, whom I consider a faithful brother, exhorting you and testifying that this is the true grace of God. Remain firm in it. The one, the chosen one at Babylon, sends you greetings, as does Mark, my son. Greet one another with a loving kiss. Peace to all of you who are in Christ. That reading comes from the first epistle 
of St. Peter and how important this is for us, specifically as we're talking about caring for our spouse. Uh, Certainly it goes beyond that, but most assuredly it would apply here. Beloved, clothe yourselves with humility in your dealings with one another. It can be easy to... um, to lose that sense of vulnerability, to, to maybe be a little bit sharp, maybe be a little sarcastic, uh, laugh it off as humor. But in reality, it's a way of distancing ourselves from one another, of protecting ourselves, uh, making sure that the other person doesn't get quite too close. And in our marriage, we're called to this total gift of self. This is what Pope John Paul II talks about in the theology of the body as well, that we are made to give ourselves fully away. And of course, that gift isn't one to be taken advantage of. It's not one to be trampled by any means. But we are called to, to clothe ourselves with humility in our dealings with one another, to, to realize that with any love there is risk. And so to take away the edge, to figure out what's that thing that keeps causing the fight? What's that thing that keeps causing the struggle? And to offer that in humility to God and ask for the strength uh, to cast our worries on him as he cares for us. Because ultimately our marriages are not merely for our benefit, but they are for the sake of the good of the whole world. And that leads us into our reading from Church History Today, which comes from a homily on the Gospel of Matthew by St. John Chrysostom. You are the salt of the earth. It is not for your own sake, he says, but for the world's sake that the word is entrusted to you. I am not sending you into two cities only, or ten, or twenty, not to a single nation as I sent the prophets of old, but across land and sea to the whole world. And that world is in a miserable state. For when he says you are the salt of the earth, He is indicating that all mankind has lost its savor and has been corrupted by sin. Therefore, he requires of these men those virtues which are especially useful and even necessary if they are to bear the burdens of many. For the man who is kindly, modest, merciful, and just will not keep his good works to himself, but will see to it that these admirable fountains send out their streams for the good of others. Again, The man who is of clean heart, a peacemaker, and ardent for truth, will order his life so as to contribute to the common good. Do not think, he says, that you are destined for easy struggles or unimportant tasks. You are the salt of the earth. What do these words imply? Did the disciples restore what had already turned rotten? Not at all. Salt cannot help what is already corrupted. That is not what they did. But what had first been renewed and freed from corruption and then turned over to them, they salted and preserved in the newness the Lord had bestowed. It took the power of Christ to free men from the corruption caused by sin. It was the task of the apostles through strenuous labor to keep that corruption from returning. Have you noticed how, bit by bit, Christ shows them to be superior to the prophets? He says that they are to be teachers not simply for Palestine, but for the whole world. Do not be surprised, then, he says, that I address you apart from the others and involve you in such a dangerous enterprise. Consider the number of extensive cities, peoples, and nations I will be sending you to govern. For this reason, 
I would have you make others prudent as well as being prudent yourselves. For unless you can do that, you will not be able to sustain even yourselves. If others lose their Savior, then your ministry will help them regain it. But if you yourselves suffer that loss, you will drag others down with you. Therefore, the greater the undertakings put into your hands, the more zealous you must be. For this reason, he says, but if the salt becomes tasteless, how can its flavor be restored? It is good for nothing now but to be thrown out and trampled by men's feet. When they hear the words, when they curse you and persecute you and accuse you of every evil, they may be afraid to come forward. Therefore, he says, unless you are prepared to do that sort of thing, it is in vain that I have chosen you. Curses shall be necessarily your lot, but they shall not harm you and will simply be a testimony to your constancy. If through fear, however, you fail to show the forcefulness your mission demands, your lot will be much worse, for all will speak evil of you and despise you. That is what being trampled by men's feet means. Then he passed on to a more exalted comparison. You are the light of the world. Once again, of the world, not of one nation or twenty cities, but of the whole world. The light, he means, is an intelligible light, far superior to the rays of the sun we see, just as salt is a spiritual salt, first salt, then light, so that you may learn how profitable sharp words may be and how useful serious doctrine. Such teaching holds in check and prevents dissipation. It leads to virtue and sharpens the mind's eye. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do men light a lamp and put it under a basket. Here again he is urging them to a careful manner of life and teaching them to be watchful. For they live under the eyes of all and have the whole world for the arena of their struggles. That reading comes from a homily on Matthew by St. John Chrysostom. You, you are the light of the world. By virtue of your baptism, by virtue of your confirmation, you are the light of the world. You're the salt of the earth. And this is true not only of uh, you because you were a Christian, but it's true of your marriage and of your family. We are witnesses to the power of God everywhere we go. As people look and watch and see the way we interact with one another, let our families be characterized by compassion, by humility, by patience with one another, by always assuming the best out of the other person. I tell you, there are so many times that I stick my foot in my mouth and thankfully my wife interprets it the way that I meant it and she just smiles at me and says, yeah, that, that could have been a big thing, right? But there's this charity that is involved in that. Let all of our marriages be characterized by this because this is something that's only available through the power of God. It's something that comes to us through the sacrament. And let that be a witness to the whole world in these times of uncertainty, that God is present in our midst and God can make a difference in our lives. That's all the time we have for today. Today's show is brought to you by Carrie Carlson and all of those who support the show through Patreon. Go over to OutsideTheWalls.com, click the Patreon link, and join their numbers. 
Join the ongoing conversation at facebook.com slash step outside the walls. On Twitter, the handle's at outside the walls. Come and be a part of morning prayer and Compline with me each day. And until next week, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.